It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There is no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to, to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Vikings. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts like Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, whatever you like, or you can always ask your smart device like Siri, Amazon Alexa, Google Podcasts, whatever. Play podcast Locked on Vikings. You tell it those words, it takes you right to the most recent recent episode. And as you just heard, there is at least a little bit of news in that Rick Spielman gave his combine presser, and there were a couple interesting nuggets worth talking about. We're going to spend most of the episode talking about some of the big fish in free agency that the Vikings probably won't go after, but I still think it's fun to just like look at what it would look like if the Vikings did make a run at some of these big premier guys. So because of that and the uh, Rick Spielman stuff I want to talk about, we are not going to do Viking of the day today. There just isn't quite time. Uh, but instead, I kind of want to talk about the Rick Spielman presser. This is the first indication we've gotten since Rick Spielman has gone through his uh, self-evaluation process, the evaluation of the guys on his own roster. And he mentioned in some of the media appearances that he did on Tuesday that, yes, they have completed that process and they're now kind of going on to the negotiations of trying to execute the plan that they wanted to draw up. Part of that is meeting with the agents of current players like Xavier Rhodes and Stefan Diggs, guys whose uh, situations might be in flux or guys who you maybe just want to check in on like Diggs, right? As well as guys like Trey Waynes and Anthony Harris, a lot of whom are represented by the same people in the same organization. And all of those people are at the Combine in Indianapolis right now. That's what makes the Combine kind of fun is that all of the brass of all 32 teams and all of the agents and now even the Players Association is they're like all in the same hotel uh, negotiating and and talking to each other and drinking at hotel bars and all kinds of chaos happens. So there's a lot of interesting news that comes out. Like, relevantly to the Vikings, the, the Broncos are either going to tag or re-sign Justin Simmons. They're not going to let Justin Simmons out the door. So that means that if they're going to try to re-sign Anthony Harris, his free agent market just got a lot better because now he is, like, by far the best safety on the free agent market, and so that might affect his price. There's a similar situation with Anthony Costanzo uh, in Indianapolis. He wants to come back. He wants to return to the Colts. And so that would be a potentially like huge free agent left tackle signing that the Vikings probably wouldn't have been in on, but it would have affected the rest of the market. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to be breaking all week. Austin Hooper uh, just got word that he probably will hit the free agent market. And this is actually a really, really bad year to need a tight end because it's like Austin Hooper, maybe Eric Ebron and like nobody else. And that's not the market you want to be in, so at least the Vikings won't be in that. But in terms of Rick Spielman's press conference, he reiterated a lot of the stuff that I think we kind of already know, uh, that, you know, the Vikings are really interested in continuity this offseason. They really want to run it back. And I think more than the fans are, or at least the way that the fans have spoken about it in the circles that I am aware of, like Twitter and stuff, and, and uh, personally, you know, you guys, listeners and my followers and stuff, are relatively unsatisfied with 2019, especially as a season where they, you know, won a playoff game and made it to the divisional round. 
the Vikings fans are a lot less satisfied with that than fan bases usually are with a season where, you know, you make it to the divisional round, which is fine and totally valid, but Rick Spielman seems to be a lot more satisfied with it, and I, I think that that is representative of the Vikings as a whole, and the Wilson stuff are a lot more satisfied. They say, hey, you know, like, this clearly worked. We had a top 10 offense. We had a top 10 defense. We won a playoff game on the road against a, a really good Saints team. And yeah, we fell flat against the 49ers, but, you know, if we run this back, we like our odds, and that is also a fair take. And that's going to be the way that the Vikings are really going to approach this offseason. And I know that it's like smoke season, right? This is the time in the Combine, you know, whatever guys say at the Combine, whatever GMs say at the Combine, a lot of that is smoke and stupid nonsense, and, you know, even the stuff that has been reported right now could totally be BS. You know, Justin Simmons could totally hit the market, because Sansa could totally hit the market. And somebody, I, I tweeted something to the effect of like, yeah, you know, Rick Spielman made a big deal about how like continuity is important. And he especially, I mean, he was asked by everybody about Stefan Diggs and he, he basically said, hey, listen, you know, Diggs had a great year. He's a great player. We value him a lot on and off the field. You know, there is no reason to anticipate that he's not a Minnesota Viking. That's what you heard kind of uh, the, the, the cold open of the podcast. And while that's probably exactly what you would say if you were trying to, you know, inflate his price to go trade him or whatever, I, I think that the Vikings' actions suggest that they are interested in continuity. Up to this point, you know, really the only actions we've seen have been coaching hires, but those coaching hires are not of a team that wants to change a lot. And that, c coupled with their messaging throughout this whole process, the times we've gotten to hear from them, they want to keep things as the same as possible. And part of that is what, you know, Spielman has said in public. Part of that is what's been leaked and kind of reported from private conversations. But it's very clear that, you know, they want to keep Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and Cook and Irv Smith as the, like, the five skill players. Give Kirk Cousins those guys. Give them, you know, whatever offensive line you can build. And let's roll with this and see if we can improve on 10-6 and six in the divisional round of the playoffs. I think that's going to be kind of the philosophy going into this offseason, and that's the philosophy that at least I've applied to the exercises that I've been doing. I'm not exactly going to do that today, but you get the idea. You know, when I've been talking about the, the salary cap and stuff, I've been kind of talking about it from the perspective of, like, we're just kind of trying to prevent the Vikings from getting worse. He also talked about Anthony Harris and made it seem a lot like he was going to try to extend Anthony Harris. He seemed like he was going to extend Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. Uh, all of those are things that I would predict the Vikings are going to at least attempt to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if they successfully did all three of those things, potentially at the cost of something else. I will link the entire presser. It's up on the Vikings website. I'll link that in the show notes if you want to go listen to that. I'll also link his appearance on 9 to Noon with Paul Allen, where he was a lot more relaxed and answered a lot of the same questions, but I think it's a little bit more believable when he's not in a buttoned-up, you know, press conference uh, environment. And, you know, it really seems like he's talking to his good friend, Paul Allen, which would make sense, right? You know, Allen's been covering him since 2006. But, you know, all in all, there's been a lot of apocalyptic uh, predictions about this offseason and a lot of, you know, the, all of these players are going to go and they're also not going to sign any other people. It's going to be a totally different group. And there probably be, will be, you know, one or two players that do have to go because of the salary cap. And, you know, there will be some level of change. But I think generally the Vikings are going to put all of their energy into, into minimizing that. And I think ultimately the change is going to be a lot smaller than you think. Not non-existent, but I don't think it's going to be one of those things. I mean, a lot of people are predicting that like four or five secondary members will be different. I don't think that'll be the case. I think the Vikings will put quite a bit of en energy into preventing things from being that way. And I thought that before this press conference and Rick Spielman didn't seem like he really had any interest in hiding that. 
So whether you want to go by their actions or go by their words, it all kind of tells the same story. The Vikings are after running it back, and that's going to be what 2020 looks like. So as a cathartic response to that, for those of you who are not satisfied with the status quo or don't think that that's good enough or whatever, let's talk about what it would look like if they kind of went the opposite direction and they just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go after some player that we've targeted, a Chris Jones, you know, an Amari Cooper, somebody really, really high end that we're going to go after. We're going to totally, you know, we'll sacrifice whatever we have to. We'll minimize. Let's find the smallest price that those people will cost, you know, and we'll say, all right, how do we make, you know, the, the, however many millions of cap space that we need to make to do that at the smallest price. And let's see if we can't find a realistic scenario where they go after these people. And, you know, once we've done that, we'll look at, do we actually want that scenario to transpire or is it maybe not the wisest idea? Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. So let's talk a little bit about going for like the big fish in free agency because it's never really been something that the Vikings are interested in. They've always been a little bit more conservative in free agency, kind of letting the big, you know, Olivier Vernons and the Roger Saffolds all get snapped up and let those bidding wars kind of happen. And then we'll kind of snap up the the second wave kind of guys, the Captain Munnerlins, you know, the Linval Joseph ended up being part of this like kind of second wave of free agency, the Josh Klein signing last year. You know, they, they're okay with getting a deal that's maybe a little bit smaller and a player that's maybe a little bit of, you know, of a lesser caliber if it means the deal is a little more efficient. And that means that in the future, they'll have a little bit more flexibility to do things like have a chance to re-sign Anthony Harris. And I think I tend to agree with that philosophy. You know, I mean, the free agency is an auction market, right? There's one seller and there's a bunch of different buyers competing over that one seller. And so that is generally going to inflate prices, right? Buyers are competing with each other instead of sellers competing with each other, like in most economic markets, at least in America. And in this way, you know, you have buyers with, uh, you know, more cap space than the Vikings all trying to outdo and one up each other. And so you kind of get this effect of prices being inflated. And that's why it's very rare that you get this like free agent contract that is seen as efficient. You know, even the Kirk Cousins contract, which at this particular juncture looks a a lot cheaper than it did right back in like 2018. But still, you know, the idea is that there's very rarely an efficient free agency contract. Even if we look at free agents that like quote unquote worked out, somebody like, I don't know, Frank Clark, just because it's recently in my brain and the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl, even that is still seen 
seen as like, well, yeah, it was expensive, but it was worth it. There is very rarely a they got a steal in free agency that happens in that like first wave of the big fishes all getting snapped up. And that's kind of why the Vikings tend to, you know, back off it a little bit. But I have a few identified that I think it would be fun if the Vikings kind of made a run at them. And what I want to do, and the goal of this podcast, is to kind of look at what it would take. Because ultimately, every time you sign a big contract to somebody, there's an opportunity cost to it, right? You are sacrificing the opportunity to sign somebody else. And when it's just generic cap space, like what the Jaguars are dealing with or the Dolphins or whatever, you know, that is a little bit more difficult to quantify exactly what you've given up because you don't know who the team would have signed if they hadn't given that, you know, big amount of money to like Yannick Ngakwe or whatever. But for the Vikings, we just kind of know exactly what it would cost, right? If you want to go make a big run at an offensive lineman, it might cost you Riley Reef and somebody else, or it might cost you the opportunity to re-sign Anthony Harris. And, and we can kind of draw that up, and I'll do my best to find the smallest cost that I can possibly find in terms of where the Vikings are at, and then we can kind of weigh that and say, well, would it be worth the cost if the Vikings were actually able to pull that off? Do they even want to attempt this in the smallest cost? that we can possibly find for them. And we can see, like, is it worth it for them to kind of break their trend of going after the big fish? My hypothesis is, no, I got four guys in front of me right now that I'm going to try my best to come up with a good deal for. And my hypothesis is that, no, I don't think any of them are going to be worth it. And I think the Vikings will be wise to kind of back off and go for some of the, the more efficient free agents, kind of like what I talked about yesterday with the defensive tackles. But who knows? Let's go through the exercise anyways and see if maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe they should, like, go after Byron Jones. I guess we'll start with him. Byron Jones is somebody. I talked about him uh, in a, a previous show. I think it was yesterday. Or, no, it was Monday's show uh, with, with Everson Griffin and stuff. Uh, and, I, and I talked about him, and I think that he is, I mean, he's like the premier cornerback coming into the market, right? Because it does seem like Dallas is going to let him test the free agent market, which is bizarre to me looking at their cap situation. They have $77 million going into uh, 2020 and they don't really have any major snags in future years to sign big extensions. And even though they've signed a big extension to Dalvin Cook, you know, they got Dak Prescott coming in on the books and they're going to want to get something done with him. They can definitely afford Byron Jones. So the fact that they're going to let him walk is pretty interesting. Byron Jones is like kind of Zimmery to me in terms of his consistency. You know, Mike Zimmer has always, and he's he's kind of backed off this in previous years, but he's always been somebody that, that values a pass breakup uh, as more relative to other coaches than like other coaches value like interceptions. He's always been okay if you don't get interceptions, obviously interceptions better, but if you can get your hands on the ball and get the pass broken up, he'll always take that and not necessarily wish like, hey, you know, why didn't you get the interception? And in recent years, he's, you know, coached his corners to be a little more aggressive and try to for force more, more turnovers. But Byron Jones only has two career interceptions, but he is remarkably consistent. He has four games in the 2019 season where he didn't allow a catch. He only has one game where he allowed uh, more than, I think, like four catches, and that was a, a week two game in Washington where Terry McLaurin kind of got the best of him, but it turned out that Terry McLaurin was actually just, like, really good. So that's kind of understandable, and it was the only game in the year where he, like, gave up, like, a, a, any bit of an alarming amount of catches. Everything else, he was, like, pretty shut down, and, and that shut down put him on an island corner is exactly what the Vikings need right now. So if you were going 
going to go get Byron Jones, you're definitely getting rid of Xavier Rhodes, right? And that's just going to be your one-for-one one replacement. So you get rid of Xavier Rhodes, and, and that saves you $8.1 million. And in the, the overall salary cap plan that, that I proposed uh, last week, and that is going to uh, be the kind of thing that I'm referring to for the duration of this episode, uh, you can just like lose Anthony Harris, and you have enough for Jones— and a cheap safety, somebody like a Von Bell or a Carl Joseph, somebody who would probably be pretty good, try to go get an efficient one. And if you lose Anthony Harris to free agency, that's probably what the Vikings go do. You could get somebody like that for three or four million. And in the plan that I made, that math all checks out. So you'd end up with a secondary that looks like, you know, you'd have Hughes in the slot. You would have Byron Jones playing outside. You'd probably need a, a rookie and maybe you have, you know, Hughes play outside. If you draft a rookie, that's more of a slot corner. You have the option to do that and play with Mike Hughes. That's the the advantage of having you know a nice versatile player like Mike Hughes, and then your safeties are are uh, Harrison Smith and somebody like Von Bell, Carl Joseph. Maybe you bring back Jaron Curse and and trust him to be a starter. That's something that I uh, have advocated. I think he's capable of that, and that's something that I think is genuinely viable. Um, I. I wouldn't hate it, honestly. I, I put that to a poll on, on Monday, and you guys seem to really dislike it, uh, but I think that if you change the Jaron curse part of that question, I think that I was probably just higher on Jaron curse than most of my listeners, which is fine, uh, and, and if you take the curse thing out of it and you say, well, maybe that's Carl Joseph, then I think that becomes a much more tenable plan. I, I would really like to see the Vikings do that. They probably won't, but I would like to see it. I got three more uh, premier free agents, and we're going to try to figure them out coming right up. All right, so I have to rattle the next three off uh, pretty quickly before I run out of time here. So the next guy I'm going to talk about is also on defense. It's Chris Jones. He is, uh, like, the premier defensive lineman, except for maybe, like, Jadeveon Clowney. There might be a couple edge rushers. But Chris Jones is somebody that to me, is probably way out of the Vikings League. But, like, what if we tried to make a run at him? What would it take? And I think it's worth it for him because he can hold up at, at one technique or three technique. He's just a good interior pass rusher, and he can win with power. He can hold up in in terms of, like, you know, holding up against a double team versus the run. He can hold his gap. He can penetrate. He can do whatever you want him to do. And for, you know, putting that in the hands of Mike Zimmer is really, really dangerous. And I think that, that Mike Zimmer would do a great job at, like, maximizing him and, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo did a great job of that in uh, Kansas City, and I think that Mike Zimmer would be able to replicate that with Chris Jones. You know, I, I think he's, in 2018 and 2019, he was about as good as, like, Fletcher Cox, and that's high praise. So, you know, that that's, I think PFF described him as, like, you know, if you throw out Aaron Donald, he was one of the best interior, you know, he was up there in the conversation for the best interior defensive lineman in the league, if you don't count Aaron Donald, which is only fair. So my budget uh, allows, I have about $6 million already that I was planning on going after a free agent defensive tackle. And the $18 million that Chris Jones is projected to uh, cost, according to overthecap.com at least, is the kind of the target that we're going to try to make here. And we've already got $6 million in the plan that we already had kind of allocated. And so for one, I mean, we, uh, it, part of that plan was getting rid of Fadio Denebo, and part of that plan now, at least that the news has broken, is not going after Everson Griffin. 
So you're going to rely on Ifadio Denebo and Armin Watts to start, and that's kind of a gamble, right? Because those guys might not come along the way that we think they are. I feel great about it. I think that they will, and I'm kind of willing to take the chance because of my evaluation of them, but you might not be, and you might see that as kind of a risk, and that's a risk that I'm willing to take. So in my original plan, I had an Anthony Harris contract that I was able to kind of backload a little bit and get his 2020 cap hit down to uh, $10 million while still maintaining close to the $14 million cap hit that Over the Cap is projecting for him. And so part of going after Chris Jones is not doing that. So you save $10 million against the uh, 2020 cap and more against the cap in future years, which I'm not worrying too much about right now. However, if you do let Anthony Harris go, you need someone to start for you at safety. And you can bring back somebody like Anderson Deho. I don't really love that. I like, you know, uh, allocating like $3 million to finding somebody like I mentioned previously, like Carl Joseph or Von Bell. And in this particular safety market, that is, I think, a reasonable price for them. They're coming off of kind of sketchy seasons, but I, I think that uh, I'm totally okay with, you know, giving them that sort of deal or even like a $4 million or $5 million, something like that. So we'll say that, you know, uh, Forgoing the Anthony Harris thing saves you, puts you at a net uh, budget of 13 million. We need to get up to 18. My plan brought Mackenzie Alexander back at a price tag of three and a half million. If we don't do that and like rely on the draft or rely on Mike Hughes, then uh, we can get close. We can get to 16.5 million. And I also had about six ish million or five ish million dollars. Uh, dedicated toward bringing in a second quarterback, either re-signing Trey Waynes and trying to backload that contract so you can fit him in that uh, $5 million range, or finding somebody else at a similar price. You can shave a million and a half off of that, put Mike Hughes as the outside guy and rely on the draft, and use uh, the $3.5 million to bring back uh, some sort or to bring in some sort of slot corner, and maybe that's Mackenzie Alexander, maybe that's somebody else, but that gets you up to, if you shave a million and a half off of that corner budget, then that brings you up to the $18 million. So you have a defensive line then of uh, Daniil Hunter, uh, Armin Watts, Chris Jones at three technique, and Ifadi Odenabo. I'm totally okay with that unit, actually. But the secondary does take kind of a hit, because you have Harrison Smith, and then probably some budget option, mixed with a rookie, a, a Mackenzie Alexander equivalent, and Mike Hughes on the outside. I don't love that corner room at all. And so th that was the best plan that I could come up with for Chris Jones. I don't quite think it's worth it, uh, even though I think Chris Jones and the defensive line that that creates is still elite. I don't love the secondary that that creates. So I, I wouldn't advocate that as much as I would advocate like Byron Jones. Moving on to kind of a fun one, uh, Amari Cooper. He's kind of the skill player uh, that everybody's going to covet. Over the cap has him garnering a $20 million cap hit, and getting to that for the Vikings would be devastating. So let's go over it, because it's kind of funny. Uh, so he, a, a lot like Stefan Diggs and, and Adam Thielen, is just sort of good at like everything. He can play outside, he can play in the slot, which means that uh, you don't have to worry about like position flexibility with him. And because the Vikings are already a team that doesn't have a lot of passing reps to go around, assuming that they have as many leads as they were going to have in 2019, maybe they'd be coming from behind more and there would be more targets to go around. Uh, but either way, right, you have Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, there's not, and Dalvin Cook, right, and plus the tight ends and stuff, there's not like this huge amount of market share to go around for a wide receiver three. So bringing in Amari Cooper and having him compete for market share with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen would have this like huge uh, diminishing return. So part of creating cap space for this is going to be trading one of those two. And uh, I, I just like on principle refuse to advocate 
trading Stefan Diggs, so I'm going to leave it vague and say, trade one of them and save uh, five million-ish, which, you know, as trading Thielen would save four and a half million against the 2020 cap, trading Diggs would save five and a half, so we'll average it out to five and say, trade one of them, and that way I'm not advocating to trade Stefan Diggs, which I categorically refuse to do. But either way, you would then have the same kind of duo of elite wide receivers, and what you would hope is that part of that trade brings in another wide receiver three. There was a, a proposal on the in Broncos world of Deshaun Hamilton and then like a mid-round pick, which is ridiculous for Stefan Diggs. Obviously, that wouldn't uh, be something that the Vikings say yes to, but whatever the draft compensation is, say the draft compensation is enough to make it happen, and uh, you would get somebody like Deshaun Hamilton for Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs, whichever you choose. So call that a savings of $5 million. You can lose Riley Reef. That brings us all the way up to $13 million uh, created for Amari Cooper, and you can get rid of the hair thing and do the same deal where you get rid of him, get rid of that 10 million, and then use 3 million on like a, a, a discount safety option. Or you can conversely use that 3 million on a, a discount tackle option to replace Riley Reef. Now, that's a pretty bleak world, and that is an episode that I'm getting to, I promise, uh, but that that the, the discount tackle free agent market is not a place I love, and, like, genuinely, the play might be, like, Rashad Hill. It's, like, that bleak in terms of, like, non-premier tackles. Guard market's a little better, but if you do cut Riley Reef and you don't create uh, money to go get a different free agent, you're either relying on the draft or you're going with into the season with like Rashad Hill as the slated starter at left tackle, which is unacceptable to me, but it's something we probably have to deal with in this particular scenario. So with this, you are gaining Amari Cooper, a wide receiver three type, call it Deshaun Hamilton or somebody of, of similar value, a discount safety or tackle, and you are losing somebody like uh, Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs, Anthony Harris, and Riley Reef. So I think you're better at wide receiver, right? You have the same elite duo, but you are also gaining a wide receiver three. That's better than what the Vikings had, better than like BC Johnson. But you're way worse at safety and way worse at tackle. It's like totally not worth it. And the last one I want to go over is Joe Thune. Uh, this is one that I kind of put to you guys. I thought that, hey, you know, if we were going to get, like, one offensive lineman, who would it be? And I said, all right, Jack Conklin is kind of the tackle. It would have been Anthony Costanzo, but he is probably going to return to the Colts, so I won't. Uh, put him in the market. So it would be like Jack Conklin, who's a right tackle. He is uh, better than I think uh, people think he is in pass blocking, and he's very good in run blocking, but he's a right tackle. So he would have to switch sides, or you'd have to make Brian O'Neill switch sides. You kind of figure that out however you would. Uh, or like Brandon Scherf or Joe Thune, who would just plug right into left guard. You wouldn't have to move anybody. And I put it to a series of polls, and you guys picked Joe Thune. I think that's probably wise. He's somebody that's like gotten better very steadily over time under the tutelage of Dante Scarmecchia in New England. And uh, he's just, at this point, he's just an elite guard. Like, it's very, he's good at all the things. There's no uh, caveat to it. There's no, like, exception. He's just good at at playing offensive guard in the NFL, and the, the Vikings should, like, want him. So if they were going to go after him, Over the Cap has him at $13.5 And that's, like, a lot for a guard, and probably why the Vikings won't do it. Not because they can't afford to do it, because as we're going to go over, there is a way to do that, but mostly because that's just, like, really inefficient considering how much guards tend to contribute to your game plan. 
the other thing is, because of the issues I already detailed, you can't really get rid of Reef to do this, so we have to find the money elsewhere. My original plan had something uh, like four and a half million dedicated to getting a guard, and so that leaves you seven million to make up, which is a little more doable. So I think the go-to move would just be like, okay, we just have to kind of accept not getting Anthony Harris, and you are left with a three million dollar surplus. Uh, if you get rid of Anthony Harris, you save the $10 million cap hit that I had for 2020, and of course, again, more down the line, and you can either use that surplus to go get a discount safety, or you can uh, resolve to fix your safety problem in the draft or have some, you know, level of, of backups competing for the job or, you know, keep Anderson Deho at a huge discount. And you can contribute that $3 million to the $6 million I already had for the cornerback position and go get a better cornerback than Trey Waynes or pay Trey Waynes and have a little leftover as cushion to get a better guard or whatever. Or I guess we're already getting Thuny, so, you know, get a better defensive tackle or whatever. So you'd have a situation where you have a better corner than Trey Waynes, you have, a, you know, so you'd have like uh, better Waynes, I guess, uh, Mike Hughes and Mackenzie Alexander as your secondary, you'd have Harrison Smith next to a giant gaping hole at safety, but you'd have such a, a beautiful fixed and retooled offensive line that this is actually feasible. I don't think I can recommend it though. I, I can't recommend getting rid of a very good safety to shore up a single position on your offensive line. But I don't know, maybe you disagree. Maybe you think that they should do that because of how much of a problem offensive line has been. I don't think that that makes offensive line more important uh, to the Vikings than, you know, it is to all the other teams. Uh, but, you know, that's something that I've talked about plenty on this podcast. So those are the four. Uh, Byron Jones, Chris Jones, Joe Thune, and and Amari Cooper. Those are the unrealistic people, but it would be really cool if the Vikings went and got them. It'd be really cool if the Vikings found a way to get, like, Amari Cooper in with Thielen and Diggs, and you had this, like, crazy three-deep type synergy. Obviously, that's uh, some sort of, like, dreamland where, you know, pigs fly and, and unicorns kiss you in the morning. But hey, it's late February and we got nothing better to do than to dream. So let's just do that for a second. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Vikings. Thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. This show is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts or just ask your smart device to play podcast Locked On Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow and as always, Skull. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.